if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. And hour number two is now underway. Later at 10 minutes past 10 o'clock, we went a little long with Congressman Jim Jordan, but um, with good reason. I think it's phenomenal. Uh, and I hope this is true. Uh, reporting from a couple of different sources say that um, President Trump is going to bestow the nation's highest civilian honor on a couple of great American patriots. One, Devin Nunez, president, uh, uh, is going to receive that this week, perhaps, and then next week. Uh, Congressman Jim Jordan will be receiving the Presidential Medal of Freedom. That is an extraordinary thing, and I'm very honored and happy to be able to talk to uh, Congressman Jordan each and every week about uh, everything that he and so many other patriots are fighting for uh, in this country. So that's really great news, and I was glad to get that. Now, uh, our number two is wide open for you at 216-901-0945 and 888 There's a lot of different issues that we want to get to uh, this morning. Georgia, obviously, we talked to Congressman Jordan about that. But what about Wednesday? What about the floor fight? What about what the senators are doing, 11 GOP, 11, 12, or 13, depending on which story? GOP senators are planning to challenge the electors um, before the uh, electoral votes can be certified, saying that certain electors should not be certified to cast those votes in certain states because those states are unclear as of now as to you know who actually won because there are pending fraud cases and charges there that need to be sorted out. Now, the Democrats, FYI, and you know this, so not really an FYI, but just as a reminder, I guess, as they call this an unprecedented attack on democracy, how dare the Republican senators, and as you just heard Jim Jordan say, they're going to have this fight in the House as well, how dare they actually challenge the legitimacy of the electors before they are certified, and this electoral vote is certified. This is unprecedented. This is what happens when there is a Trump cult out there. And this is what these lib- or these uh, uh, far-right uh, senators are trying to do is appeal to the Trump base to try to uh, get in good with them because even if their guy is leaving, well, the Trump base will continue to support them, not only in their current Senate positions, but per- perhaps for a run uh, in 2020. Point of fact, it's not unprecedented, not even close. As a matter of fact, in this century alone, it has happened three times, all three times, among Democrats. Democrats, Democrat senators, 
contested the electors, the certification of the election, in 2001, in 2005, and in 2017. After the, obviously, November election of George W. Bush in 2000, the re-election of George W. Bush in 2004, and then, of course, the election of President Trump in 2016. Democrats contested those very elections and contested the certification of the electoral results. So what the Republicans are doing right now is not in any way, shape, or form different than what the Democrats did, except for the fact that in the Democrats' cases, they had no cases. They didn't have thousands of sworn affidavits from poll workers, from postal workers, and others who saw fraud being committed. Sworn affidavits that if you lie on, would send you to jail for perjury. Thousands of them. And countless other examples of illegal voting going on in the very battleground states, states that decided this election. They didn't have any of that. They didn't have any of that in 2001, 2005, or two, this January of those, those years, of course, because of the November elections uh, right at the end of the previous year. But they didn't have any of those in those examples. And yet they challenged the certification anyway. And now the Republicans are going to do it, and suddenly it's a huge attack on, uh, on democracy. I want to give you a little bit of audio here, and we'll come go to your phone calls immediately. I want to give you a little bit of audio here. Uh, tonight... President Trump is going to visit Georgia. And tonight, President Trump is probably going to speak on that phone call that he made to the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, that we heard the leaked audio of earlier today. He's probably going to talk about that, and he's probably going to talk about a whole host of other things related to the um, uh, ineffective, let's put it to, to be kind and gentle, the ineffective way in which Georgia handled its federal presidential election. Uh, but he's there now to show support for David Perdue and Kelly Leffler. Uh, it's kind of a victory uh, rally, if you will, uh, for Leffler and for Perdue. It's going to be in Georgia tonight, and this is what David Perdue said. He hopes to hear from the president on that podium tonight. Uh, what do you want the, the president to say tonight? What would be most effective? Some say he might talk about overturning the election uh, results, air his grievances. But when it comes to getting you voted into office and your Republican colleague, what do your Republican supporters need to hear from the president? First of all, this is the last opportunity we will have to protect everything that we've accomplished in the last four years. Uh, the second thing is the last line of defense uh, to stop the Democrats from perpetrating this radical socialist agenda. It's as simple as that. The I- I'm going to stop that there because I want to emphasize that line. He said, first of all, we have to protect everything we've accomplished in the last four years. Okay, fine. Second of all, this is the last line of, def- uh, line of defense to stop the radical socialist agenda from taking over America. I almost want to invert those. I think number two should be number one, and number one should be number two. I think the most important thing now is to stop the radical socialist agenda from taking over this country. David Perdue is spot on on his analysis of the importance of this. Eyes of America, and indeed, I believe the eyes of the world are on the people of Georgia, and it's up to us. It's our responsibility. It's not just a right to vote. It's a responsibility. And if you're upset as I am about what happened in November, the only alternative you have is to stand up and fight, and fight in the only way you can, and that is to get out and vote tomorrow. And, uh, you know, that's a plea for turnout. It's all going to be about turnout. And the reason why, and it should be obvious, 
is that if there's anything even remotely resembling a close election, I can't trust and neither can you. Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State in Georgia, and under the thumb of, if you will, of the Democrat uh, uh, power brokers, including Stacey Abrams down there, I can't trust that the uh, votes will be tabulated correctly and that Leffler and Purdue will be given the victories that they deserve if it's a close victory. It's got to be so overwhelming. It's got to be literally you know, a 60-40 kind of a thing. Because if it's 51-49, hell, if it's 55-45, they're going to find a way to flip it. It's got to be overwhelming, so the turnout has to be overwhelming. David Perdue, again on Fox News, um, what is your projection of this? Well, we're winning right now, uh, Sandra. We get our vote out tomorrow. Uh, we'll show America that uh, Georgians know what's at stake here in Georgia. Uh, this is the last line of defense against this radical socialist agenda, and really our last opportunity to protect everything that President Trump has accomplished over the last four years. So, you like how he literally switched those two just from the last clip. He literally put the uh, the uh, socialist uh, blockage in in first. I believe that Georgia is going to stand up in record numbers uh, tomorrow, just like they did in November when we beat my opponent by two points and held the line then. So. I'm optimistic we'll do that. But let me say something about the Secretary of State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did say it was disgusting. The fact, I guess I was raised differently, Sandra. My mom and dad were school teachers. But to have a statewide elected official, regardless of party, tape unknowing, to, to tape without disclosing uh, a conversation, private conversation with the President of the United States and then leaking it to the press uh, is disgusting. Um, you know, but I didn't hear anything in that tape that the president has al- hasn't already said for weeks now since the November election calling for some sort of of investigation, some sort of resolution to the uh, improprieties and the irregularities that we now see happened in November here in Georgia. In Georgia and in other states as well. And so David Perdue, I think, is, uh, is, is saying all of the right things. We have to protect the great accomplishments we have had under President Trump, and we have to stop the socialist agenda, and we have to protect and preserve election integrity in this state, because right now it is all in question. Let me squeeze a call in here before the uh, break uh, from Rachel in Cleveland. Rachel, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, and go right ahead. Hi, Bob. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I just wanted to make a comment on the ridiculousness of what's going on with this amen, a woman, no no, uh, gender pronouns going on. Amen is actually a Hebrew word, um, and the Hebrew often gets adulterated. And it really means, and the liberals aren't going to like this either, it means God's a trustworthy king. It doesn't mean a male king, it just means a ruler. So there's no saying a woman that that doesn't go because it's Hebrew. <laughs> I read somewhere else, um, and I even mentioned this to Jim Jordan, that it is a Latin word, or at least translated from the Latin, it means so be it. So at the end of the prayer it's saying so be it, in other words, God's will, so be it. Um, so I think it originated from Hebrew. It's spelled Aleph Mem Nun in the Hebrew. So I think Hebrew is older than Latin, as far as I know. I did take both languages. I think it very um, well may be. <laughs> if, you took, just, if you study the languages, I will take your word for it. You certainly know it better than I do. I was only responding to right, what I read. Just, Either way, it's not gender, so, though. No, it's not. It's not gender. I don't know why they're bringing, bringing this up. And it, it, it's... It's just the Hebrews getting adulterated, and my kids, I have little kids. If you would tell them there's more than one gender, they would laugh in, their, in your face. And, and they're, you know, in first and third grade. 
I'm looking, if I may, pick your brain sure. here for a second longer, Rachel, since you have an, uh, an expertise sure. in this. I'm looking at uh, dictionary.com for what this is worth. Sure. Origins of amen at the end of a prayer, uh, it says, is spoken to express solemn ratification or agreement. It means it is so or so be it. And then it says it is derived from the Hebrew amen, which I'm trying to mm-hmm. you know, read the accent marks there, which means right. certainty, truth, and verily. Uh, amen is found in both the Old and New Testaments. It can be pronounced either Amen or Amen. But uh, in one uh, in one translation, so be it, or it is so. And in the Hebrew, from Amen, which means certainty, truth, and verily. Either way, again, it doesn't seem to none in none of these. Uh, different uh, interpretations of the word amen does it have anything to do or does it express anything to do with men right so i'm i don't know if dictionary.com would be my religious guide i'm sure it's a good dictionary <laughs> um but it's really it's really an acronym for like the uh, the, the first letter which is an aleph stands right. for god the second letter which is a mem in hebrew stands for melech which is king and Neeman, sorry, the last letter is Nun, which is Neeman, which is trustworthy. So in Hebrew, it, in English, it translates to God is the trustworthy king or God the trustworthy king. So when somebody gives somebody a blessing, like have a good day, and somebody says, Amen, you know, you're, agree- you're agreeing with it and you're saying, you know, I believe God is the trustworthy king that's going to give me a good day and I'm gonna, you know, I thank you for for your blessing. So you you know what this thing. you know what this is gonna lead to because you're you know bringing up that that Hebrew definition of 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 Amen or Amen. Uh, it, speaking of God, what do we call God? We call him God the Father. You know it is only going to be a very, very short time before they demand that the Father be taken out of all references to the monotheistic God. That it is not but father nor mother, but being or Lord only the non non entity or whatever it is that they're going to do because when you talk about God the King, uh, that you know they're they're not going to allow Father to stand much longer. Rachel, thank no. you. Great call. Glad you brought your expertise to to the uh, discussion here. And if you want to respond to that too, at two one six nine zero one zero nine four five, we got you coming right up. Okay, 1027. Let's get another call or two here before the bottom of the hour. Let's go to uh, Jan on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Jan, go ahead. Uh, I turned the radio on today, and it was down on 1100, where Fernando, is that his name, is on? Uh, he. Uh, I don't know. He, I listened to 1420, so. Okay, well, it, I just happened to hear, listen into what he was saying, and he calls mm-hmm. himself a friend of the president, and he's accusing the president of being, uh, you know, going bonkers and being acting like a lunatic. And he's criticizing uh, Ted Cruz. If if uh, this guy, he way back when he came out, I thought, gee, it looks like he's famous for being famous, kind of like the Kardashians. <laughs> he doesn't have an, as much brains in his entire body than Ted Cruz has in his little finger. And these people who ju- Oh, that looks like they're winning on that side. They jump over. He he calls himself a friend of the president. I think he's uh, I think he just, he's he's a fool. He's I don't know if he is so uninformed that he only halfway knows what's going on. But uh, 
Well, let me say this, because I I don't want to dwell on him, because like I said, I don't listen to that. I do see the person you're talking about on Fox News from time to time, and usually I mute or flip after the when he becomes comes on, because you're right about a number of things you just said. Number one is the fact that he's famous for being famous. Uh, you know, in in you when you get famous for the wrong reasons, um, you know, it tends to lead to a lack of a need for credibility. In other words, you didn't get there based on credibility. You got there for inviting opposite sides of very controversial issues to come onto your TV show and throw chairs at each other. And that's that's how he kind of became famous. Um, so credibility was never a part of how he got where he is, so credibility isn't a part of maintaining his status. So what you just described, and thanks for the call, Jan, is somebody who doesn't dwell, or excuse me, doesn't delve in, into credibility. You're exactly right. Uh, side with who's winning so that you can cozy up and continue to expand your brand. And that's all I'll say about it, because like I said, I think it's irrelevant, uh, particularly to Cleveland Radio. But most importantly, uh, you know, when it comes to the, the platform that this person has on Fox News and in other places, um, it's not worth our time. It just really is not worth our time. That's why, like I said, I turn it off just about every time he comes on because I don't feel like getting dumber for having listened to him. All right, it's 1030 right back after this. I am 1420 The Answer. Two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 1035, by my count, that leaves us with 25 minutes of outstanding awesome left for our first broadcast of the year 2021. If you'd like to be a part of it, dial up 216-901-0945-888. 281-1110. couple of notes. Number one, if you are already are not already booked for a seat on the bus to D.C. for Wednesday, you need to get it, get it done now. The time is obviously very, very short here. There are buses leaving from Ohio to D.C., including Northeast Ohio to Washington, D.C. tomorrow to be a part of the massive Fight for Trump rally. Now, this trip is going to leave at 2.30 in the morning. It's going to, you're going to check in and board the bus. The bus will depart from Lowe's in Illyria. This is just one of the buses. Uh, this is the Lorain County version. This is the, where, where I live. But the Lowe's in Illyria will be the gathering spot. Uh, check in and board at 2.30 a.m. Bus departs at 3 a.m. Bus arrives in Washington, D.C. Wednesday at 11 a.m. The return trip after the rally well, will be uh, 4.30 p.m. You should be arriving at approximately 1 a.m. back at the Lowe's in Elyria. The Lowe's in Elyria is at 646 Midway Boulevard. You may leave your car at Lowe's while on the trip, or you may have somebody drop you off. The cost of this is $65. We've told you about this before, but there are several bus seat scholarships available from generous donors. So if you can't afford but you really want to go, contact uh, Kirsten uh, Hill and and see if there is a way for you to to participate uh, on one of the bus scholarships. So uh, just go to hold on a second. Let me find uh, my phone number here for you to contact if you want to be a part of this. And unfortunately, I'm failing to see it right now. Stick with me in the next uh, segment. I'll find that for you. I thought it was on the same copy. It is not on this copy, but I'll try to find that for you before we are done. But if you would like to go and be a part of the fight for President Trump, uh, there are buses that are going to be heading 
uh, to do that. Let me see if I do have a phone number here. No, you know what? Here you go. You go to a website. That's what it is. I did find it. For details, you can go to totallyengagedamericans.org. Totally Engaged Americans, which of course is Tea, tea Party, uh, .org. Uh, other departure locations are going from Ashland County, Cuyahoga County, Franklin County, Mahoning County, and Trumbull County. So for details, go to uh, totallyengagedamericans.org, or you can also go to freeohionow.org, or .com. Sorry, freeohionow.com to find the bus trip that is nearest you freeohionow.com. There you go. So I wanted to give you that. So by all means, please, uh, if you want to fight for President Trump, that's what this is all about. Now, having said that, I want to talk a little bit about um, the third person in line to the presidency. She was reelected and handed her gavel back again yesterday as the new Congress convened. Nancy Pelosi, in a very narrow victory, by the way, she's weakened, clearly. The incoming freshman class of, of representatives to the House for the Republicans is much, much, much larger than for the Democrats. We all know it was really a proverbial red wave uh, that swept into Congress just barely short of the number needed to take Congress away, the control of Congress away from Nancy Pelosi. But she won re-election with only 216 votes, less than as Speaker less than the majority 218 uh, in the House of Representatives. After voting concluded, she had 216 votes, and emboldened House Minority Leader Representative Kevin McCarthy had 209. Two members, both Democrats, voted for somebody else, and three of them, also Democrats, voted present. They did that so that she could get the speakership without having the majority. By three of them holding out, she could get the speakership without having the majority. It is dirty pool. It is dirty tricks. It is Congress. But I bring this up not to talk about how she won re-election, other than pointing out it was a very narrow victory, but also to point out that she was re-elected. After her disgusting, reprehensible behavior at the State of the Union address this past February, as she stood up and tore President Trump's speech page by page in full view of the cameras tore those pages in half, disrespecting all of the incredibly wonderful Americans, many of them victims, many of them heroes that were highlighted by the president, all of the positivity offered by the, to tear it up like that. But that wasn't the worst thing that she did. That should have cost her her speakership at that moment. But what she did last month was far worse. Nancy Pelosi admitted last month that she would be willing to have um, stimulus checks, smaller checks, and a smaller package in COVID relief sent to the American people now when the same exact bill was on the table months earlier, months earlier that she refused to act on. And she said the reason why was we have a new president. She literally, now I want you to understand my my meaning. A lot of people use the word literally incorrectly. Literally is overused. 
People will say they literally, you know, literally smoke came out of my ears. No, that would be figuratively. You didn't actually have smoke coming out of your ears. Literal means to the letter. It is exactly as stated. Nancy Pelosi literally cost thousands of American businesses their ability to stay open. And what I mean by that is not temporary shutdowns. I mean she cost thousands of American business owners their businesses. You do know, right, that Yelp, which is the business rating uh, application that you find online, has estimated that 60% of the businesses that are online with them will never reopen again. The ability for these businesses, for payroll protection programs to continue, and for the employees who worked at those businesses, and all employees, to get their uh, um, stimulus checks, those things could have been started months ago. But Nancy Pelosi did not want President Trump to be the person who signs coronavirus relief. Because President Trump then would get a little bit of the credit. For, for passing and signing coronavirus relief, stimulus package, to put money in people's pockets, to save their lives, to save their families, to save their homes, to feed their families, to make their payments, and yes, for business owners to be able to, to kind of tread water and stay alive. But rather than passing that and giving Donald Trump a small modicum of credit for it, she would rather have the American people suffer and drown in debt and businesses go under forever and wait until, quote, there's a new president, end quote, in order to pass the very same piece of spending legislation. That, to me, is more than just enough to remove her as speaker. That, to me, is more than just enough to remove her from Congress. That, to me, is enough to throw her skanky little A in prison. Nancy Pelosi, take your slurring words, your blow-dry-out-at-the-closed-hair-salon, disgusting, creaky, raggedy-old-self off into a corner somewhere, preferably one with bars in front of it. You cost people their jobs, you cost people their businesses, you cost people their lives, all for your own personal brand of politics. You hate Orange Man bad so much you were willing to kill other people rather than allow him, prior to an election, to get some of the credit. And now she has once again been reelected by the disgusting, reprehensible, flotsam and jetsam that is House Democrats, they allowed her to keep her gavel, and it is inexcusable. Chuck in uh, North Ridgeville. Chuck, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning. Go right ahead. Hello, I'm Chuck. one of the uh, bus monitors for uh, uh, Wednesday morning. It's been moved to 12.15 a.m. We're having a Zoom meeting tonight at 7 to firm up some more of the details. But this is kind so of so. You mean right the gathering now. time or the bus departure time? The uh, gathering time. So gathering time is now twelve fifteen a.m., not two thirty a.m. So it's been moved up a couple that would of be hours. Correct. Yeah. The... Yes. Okay. Because uh, we've Are been those warned times... by the bus company. 
we've been warned by the bus company that traffic going into D.C. will be horrendous. So we had to leave two hours earlier. Ah. Yeah, well, I can oh, imagine yeah. it will be because there's going to be people coming from all over America, to be honest with you, for right. this. Because 74 million Americans uh, feel like their votes were stolen and they're coming down to uh, to register their complaint. Well, um, you bet. But, uh, but we're going to have a Zoom meeting tonight to firm up more of these details. But go to ohiopatriots.org for, for any buses leaving in your area to make sure that you have the correct time. Capisce? Uh, well, uh, hold on. I may not capiche that just yet, because um, that's what I was going to ask you. Um, I was going to ask you if that time is, uni- uh, is uh, uniform. In other words, if all of the buses leaving from all of the counties are going to be at the same time, the 1215 gather and the one. I'm not departure. sure about all the locations. You're not sure but about that. We have been warned by the bus company. So check your bus that you're going to through ohiopatriots.org, okay, and check uh, what time it's supposed to leave and what what location it's leaving from? Because they're all over. There's Cleveland. There's other places. Yeah, I know there are. Um, I gave a number of the counties that are having um, uh, participation there, and in fact, I'm looking right. at FreeOhioNow.com and see what they're showing Good. here, just so we can try to be on the same page. Because your your website was what? OhioPatriots.org. OhioPatriots.org. Because I gave out. Dot yeah, because I gave out a couple of the other ones before, including Free Ohio Now, which I got from Kirsten Hill. Uh, now I'm right. on yours, which is... Yeah, Kirsten's uh, going on our bus. Yes, I know Kirsten, yes. Got it, got it. Okay. All okay, right, so well, listen, I'm going to tell people to check that out. Um, and and you, do, do people need to be a part of the Zoom meeting to find this out tonight or just check no, no, on the no, website? No, uh, no, not necessarily. What I'll do after our meeting... Okay, tomorrow I'll call you and make sure that everything is firmed up. We'll get the details together. But I just want I didn't want to let you hanging out there with some bad information. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. And I and and I and in fact, I'm looking at your website right now and I'll give some people some information. Chuck, thanks for the call. Uh yeah, I I am looking at it right now. Bus schedule changes uh updated as of yesterday. Departure times have now changed. President Trump wants us there by 11 a.m. noon. So from Lowe's in Illyria, bus now departing at 1 a.m. sharp. Check-in at 12.15. From Cleveland, Valley View, now departing at 2 a.m. sharp. So no, they're not uniform. They are different. Check-in at 1 a.m. there. Uh, Bus captains arriving at 12.30 there. So yeah, it looks like there's going to be some... It looks like there's going to be some different times from different locations. So I do want to make sure that people do uh, go exactly to where he just said. I'm looking at ohiopatriots.org right now. I am also looking at the Freedom Ohio. Uh, I'm sorry, not Freedom. Beg your pardon. FreeOhioNow.com um, to see. And they've got a bunch of uh, bus information there as well. And it looks like... Um, yeah, it looks like they're kind of all over the map right now. So what I would suggest to you, and I'm looking at all of the different locations, departing from Cuyahoga County, departing from Ashland, departing from uh, Lorain County, Elyria, like I mentioned, Mahoning County, Franklin County, Trumbull County, uh, and so forth, Hamilton County, and that's not going to affect us at Cincinnati. But, um, yeah, check all of these out. It looks like the bus uh, bus departure times are a-changing, as the caller just pointed out, and it looks like each one is all over the place. So check out FreeOhioNow.com. Check out OhioPatriots.org. Either one of those would be your best bets if you want to be on one of those buses. And you know what I hope? 
I hope, since according to what I read, the buses are supposed to be arriving by 11 a.m. on Wednesday. That means you will be en route uh, between 9 and 11 on Wednesday. And I hope I get several phone calls from the buses, because I want to get a first-hand view of what's going on down there. I think it would be a great thing to do. So if you plan on being a part of that, uh, by all means, go to those websites that I just mentioned, freeohionow.com or ohiopatriots.org. Get your ticket, get your reservation ready to go to get on that bus, and then I would love to hear from you on the trip. Okay, uh, let me get to uh, AC in Cleveland before the break. AC, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Yes, Bob. Bob, I got a question. I heard last week on another radio program that Republican Congressman Anthony Gonzalez he steadfastly claimed that Donald Trump wanted all those foreign aid line items in that bill, and that's why he signed it on that stimulus bill. Did you hear anything like that? I heard about it, um, but I didn't need to hear about it from Anthony Gonzalez. I heard it directly from uh, uh, Congressman uh, Bill Johnson, who was on my program on Thursday. And because I asked him why they voted, why he and they voted for it, and he pointed out that this came, you know, the the language contained in this bill came from the White House. Um, Now, he didn't say the words Donald Trump wanted it, but he said it came from the White House, and he said this was negotiated and helped uh, to be written by Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary. So as the Secretary of the Treasury, Steve Mnuchin, he kind of sort of speaks for the president, but he certainly speaks for the White House uh, in that regard. So I think that's probably what Gonzalez is saying, the same thing that Bill Johnson said to me, which is that this is something that they didn't just write themselves. This was constructed with uh, with uh, the input of the Treasury Secretary, Steve Mnuchin, and thus the White House. And that's why they voted for it. But he, that's why the president signed it. He said Donald Trump wanted those items. And that's, I mean, I. Yeah, well, well, again, like I said, I can't speak for him, but but I'm just telling you what Bill Johnson told me. You know, you one could if if, look if you want to if you want to make the extension that says Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, negotiated this. You could make the extension and say he did so with the president's blessing. I mean, what what president allows the Treasury Secretary to go out there and do something he doesn't want, right? Uh, So you would think that they were together on this, but. As I asked Bill Johnson in my interview last week, um, you know, the president clearly came out after that and said he doesn't want it and said he wants the increased payments to $2,000, but he wants all of that foreign aid pulled out of the bill. So, you know, in Johnson's response to me was, hey, he's the one, meaning he, Mnuchin, and thus by extension, President Trump, wanted it in there in the first place. I said, well, they want it out now, so why why did you vote for it? And, And on we go. So... But, yeah, I have heard that, um, and I heard about that, and I heard it from, like I said, a second congressman. So, um, you know, I, I think there's probably something to it. There was a, well, The way I said it to Bill Johnson was it sounds like there was a lot of miscommunication then between the president and his Treasury Secretary and the Treasury Secretary and the congressional uh, uh, writers of the bill, authors of the bill. Because it sounds like the president didn't want something, then he did want it, or did want it, and then he didn't want it, and maybe there was a, a lack of communication. But so I think that's where it stands. All right, AC. Well, that's all right. Thank you for the call. I think we just cut him off accidentally. Sorry about that. But yeah, uh, that's a, that's a tough thing to do. That's a, that's a tough thing to understand. As I said to Bill Johnson, because I argued on behalf of the president, he said he wants it out of there. 
And Bill Johnson said, look, the White House is the ones who wanted it in there. They told us this. They Because Bill uh, Johnson was one of the uh, uh, guys who crafted the $900 billion COVID stimulus uh, relief package. And he's the one who said this is what happened. So I can't speak for any other member of Congress. I can only speak for, I can't even speak for Bill Johnson, but I can tell you what he said to me. We'll be right back. I'm, uh, I'm looking at a couple of tweets from Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary. December 21st, he tweeted, Thank you, at real Donald Trump, at Senate Majority Leader, at Senator Schumer, at Speaker Pelosi, at GOP Leader, and at Mark Meadows, for providing COVID relief for American workers, families, jobs, schools, small businesses, direct payments, and much more. So he indicated that this is something President Trump approved of, thanking him for this bill. Um, he then, the next day of December 22nd, said, I am pleased that Congress has passed an overwhelming bipartisan basis, additional critical economic relief for American workers, families, and businesses. Um, it sounds like Steve Mnuchin, on behalf of the Treasury, and on behalf of the White House and the Cabinet, if not on behalf of the President, is saying that, yes, we are on board with this. I am pleased, he said, with this. Thank you to President Trump and others, he said over and over and over again. So, you know, it's not impossible to believe that this is something the president wanted him to do. Otherwise, if he did what the president doesn't want him to do, and which is help negotiate this that stimulus bill that included all of that foreign aid, he's crossing the president. And when he crossed the president, it's a pretty surefire way to get fired. Mnuchin is pushing this and has pushed this. And that would indicate that, again, the president did originally support that bill as written and then criticized it, saying, no, we got to get some of that pork out of it and get that foreign aid out of it. But by then it was too late. It had passed, and he had no choice but to sign it, especially because it passed bipart- on a bipartisan basis with probably enough of a uh, uh, veto, uh, uh, an override, enough votes to override a veto. So just to throw that out there. It doesn't matter any longer. The checks have already started to flow. The $600 checks have already started to flow. That's all you're going to get. And, yes, uh, Pakistan and Sudan and Egypt and all the other foreign countries are going to get more than you are. TJ in Cleveland, you're up. TJ, go ahead. i got a minute, buddy. Yeah, Bob, to change it to a local thing quickly here. You know, in yesterday's Plain Dealer, that recycled editorial turd, Brent Larkin, wrote an article slamming the Illuminating Company and building up uh, Cleveland Public Power. Now, in our West Side neighborhood... I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, TJ. Listen, my friend, do me a favor. Call me. Thanks for the call, but call me back a little bit later in the week about that because you're right. That is a totally different thing. It's weird, a weird way to end a show that is all about Georgia. It's all about um, uh, Wednesday and fighting for President Trump. If you're going to be on one of those buses, I'm definitely going to want to hear from you, and we want to continue to fight to protect this country. You save that local story for me and uh, that complaint for probably Wednesday or Thursday, TJ, and I'd be happy to discuss that with you. But for now, it was just out of place that's all we got for you. Time is up. Uh, stay here because Gallagher's coming up next. Then some Charlie Kirk. Then some Dennis Prager. Then some Sebastian Gorka. Then a little bit of Seculo. And then, of course, the brilliant sage, Dr. Or, excuse me, the brilliant sage. I'm just giving him doctoral status. Larry Older. Stay here all day, all night for the best analysis. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye bye.